0: hello and welcome to another episode of the growth lab podcast series the growth lab has been engaged in an applied research project with the country of albania since 2013. in this time we have conducted research on numerous diverse work streams related to stimulating economic growth in the country during this research engagement our team worked directly with policymakers to help build their capabilities so they can better design and implement policy reforms in this podcast episode Growth Lab researchers Jesse Liu and Irma Frasheri discuss the importance of growth reforms for the Albanian economy, the specific reform initiatives that the government has been engaged in during recent years, and the impact of COVID-19 on the implementation of these reforms.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Albania podcast series. We've now been doing a few different sessions where we've sat down with the team of and with various individual members. And today we're really excited to be sitting down with Ermal Fashiri, who is the leader, our fearless leader of this project. So in the previous podcast that we've done, we've done some references towards the main constraints that emerged from the growth diagnostic work that the Albania team has conducted over the course of the years. And this has been really interesting, I hope, for you and for us to understand what we look at when we try and do analysis at the Growth Lab. But we all know that policy is not just to only about research, policy is also about implementation. And if we just find things in analysis, that's not enough really to ensure that things will change. It's policy change has to be paired with smart reforms and it's also a really long-term process. So because of this, and because the Growth Lab has been working in Albania for such a long time, Albania presents a really interesting case study, I hope, for examining how long-term policy change happens. And so, as always, I'm Jesse. I'm a research assistant at the Growth Lab. I've been guiding you all through these sessions. And today, as I said, we're sitting down with Ermal because we want to discuss a very specific aspect of policy change. And this specific aspect is smart reforms for growth. So to get started, Ermal, do you mind giving us all a brief description of what we mean when we talk about growth reforms and how this kind of fits into our work at the Growth Lab more broadly?
0: Fantastic. Thanks so much, Jesse, for your work and for your kind words. So it's a spot-on question about how to distinguish growth reforms from the other types of reforms that the government takes on, right? So when a government gets into a position where it has to adopt public policies and implement them, it faces often um, a quandary. Often governments are faced with a number of challenges or policies that they would like to, to change. And the question there is, how do we distinguish reforms that aim to spur or accelerate growth from other reforms that the government just has to do because it is a government? so when we speak about growth reforms we we tend to focus on the kind of reforms that if you enact the policy and implement it then it will move the needle regarding economic growth so in other words it will unlock a particular constraint that is blocking growth from materializing and in particular when we think of growth we think of growth in a certain way so we think of growth in terms of diversity and in terms of higher complexity. So in other words, countries, in order for them to grow, they need to diversify their economic base and also move towards higher complexity processes. And this is what we mean by growth. So when it comes to reforms, then we look into the kind of reforms that will, A, enable a country to build capacities, and in particular through acquisition of know-how in order to diversify its economic base, And also move towards higher complexity processes as opposed to other reforms which are necessary for a country but are not binding to growth so that's the the particular twist or the distinction that we at the growth lab use when we work or collaborate with governments on economic development policies
1: great thanks so much for that really broad overview and i think it is true that you know we have to be very specific about what we mean about growth So now moving into the project that we're talking about, which is Albania, can you tie us together with this description of growth and growth reforms you just spoke of and the Albania project more generally? So why are growth reforms so important in the context of Albania?
0: So in the case of Albania, what do we mean by growth and why growth is important in Albania? So in the case of Albania, when we think of growth, we think about it in different ways. On the one hand, we think about growth as a way of the linking. From the traditional way the Albanian economy has evolved over these last thirty years. So just you know, as a recap, the Albanian economy has traditionally focused on producing textiles and gar- garments, in particular, agricultural products, and also raw materials. And the question is, you know, while this growth model has worked for about thirty years, now it's a time when Albania has to delink from that, introduce more diverse set of actors in this economy. And with that, we think that the growth will accelerate, but also Albania will move towards higher complexity and therefore also it will grow faster and in a more sustainable way, right? So when we think about growth in Albania, that's what we're thinking about. So how do we move away from relying on sort of the traditional growth engines that the country has relied on in the last 30 years? So, what are some of these new entrants? So, we've seen that tourism has grown a lot, especially in the last, I would say, eight years. But well, we also have the entry of new actors, in particular in the services sector. And more specifically, we've seen the emergence of business process outsourcing or operations. In Albania, we've also seen the entry of automotive parts. So that's another way how Albanian economy is being diversified. So we think that in the next four or eight years, what Albania needs to do is particularly attract the kind of investments that will help it transform its economic base towards a more diversified one and towards one that is more complex. So when we think about growth in Albania, so as I mentioned earlier. Accelerating growth, in particular, uh, through diversification and higher economic complexity, economic processes, is one way. But also, when we think about growth in Albania, we think about capacity building and institutional building, and why that is necessary. So that is necessary because through capacity building, we create structures in place that outlast time, and then they create conditions through which it is easier for the economy To move towards a higher diversity or a higher complexity. Therefore, building capacities is essential to economic growth. So that's the second aspect. We also, when we think about growth in Albania, we also think about the need to bridge the gap with other European countries. So in other words, to catch up with more prosperous European economies, but also be part of those, or also, in a way, be better connected with European markets. So in other words, to transform Albania from a place where European goods and services are being sold to a place which is inherently connected with the European value chains. And then ultimately, we would like to see Albania transform into a place that is attractive for both Albanians to to stay but also for people from other European countries to move into.
1: Great. This is such a helpful overview into understanding what's going on in Albania and what we should really be looking at in Albania as core of a framework for how we think about helping Albania grow and develop as a country. I want to bring it a level even more specific now to relate what you just said with what we have done at the Growth Lab as part of this Albania team. And so we recorded a podcast with the entire team a few months ago. And in that podcast, each of our colleagues dug deeper into some of the main policy issues that we've been exploring through our work at the Growth Lab in our Albania team. And so some of these include looking at the macroeconomic picture of the economy, trying to understand how we design systems for targeted investment promotion, which you kind of just alluded to a second ago, but also how we strengthen the electricity system and a whole bunch of other topics that have been priorities for us over these past few years. And so these pieces of analytical work are all tied to specific growth reforms. And so, you know, you and I have discussed and we've realized that these specific growth reforms are really important to Albania's context, and they include six big priorities. So the first one is smart investment attraction. The second one is public assets management. The third one is structural forms in the electricity sector. The fourth one is linking infrastructure projects with the rest of the economy. The fifth one is creating a stronger macroeconomic policy to fund growth reforms. And finally, the last one, which you spoke about quite a bit, is this issue of building institutional capabilities to kind of ensure that growth reforms can be implemented and move forward. And so I was wondering if you could talk us through each of these and how they connect to the analytical work that we've done.
0: So when you mention those areas or the sectors that we have identified and that we talked about in the previous podcast, we look into how they actually form part of a whole. So when we think about how to better target investments, how to be more effective and efficient in the use of public assets in order to create more wealth, how to deal with structural reforms in various sectors, whether it's electricity or infrastructure development, But also, how do we ensure that the macro situation is stable in order to provide or finance the growth projects? And ultimately, what kind of institutions or capacities we need to create in order for this growth to materialize and also be sustainable? We see that that they are part of a whole, right? So on the one hand, when we think about being better at targeting investments, what we have in mind, specifically in the case of Albania, is that we need to, to attract the kind of investments that Will enable Albania to move from point A to point B in terms of diversity. So in other words, I insist a lot on this term diversity because that is one sure way of measuring economic growth. So rather than thinking of investment, so how does it apply to investment, you know, investment attraction, right? So when we think about investments, often what happens is that countries or people think of investments in terms of dollar value. So how much capital is being injected through a particular investment project to the domestic economy? rarely people think about what kind of know-how or what kind of capacity is being built through an investment and so through our work we've tried to orient our partners to think about investments in the form of know-how acquisition and in the form of capacity building rather than dollar signs because at the end of the day we want to create capacities we want to create a greater diversity right so we don't want to have one and the same over and over again but we want to a, expand the existing sectors in Albania, but more importantly, also move away from those sectors and create new capacities or new, or introduce greater diversity in the economy. So when we think about the better target investments, that's what we mean. So we need to look into the kind of economic activities which are like in Albania, but that we think if introduced, will move the needle and also move to Albania towards greater diversity and greater technical complexity processes. So that is one. We see that that is also connected with the kind of reforms that we want to introduce in particular sectors, right? So in the previous podcast, we mentioned electricity. The electricity is a sector which is a very important one for Albania. And it's a sector where we've identified a lot of structural binding constraints that we think if unlocked, then they'll create the opportunity for more investments and therefore greater transformation of that sector. We spoke about also investment projects and the way how to connect them in a more closed way with the local or national economy. And that is very much a question of how do we maximize or how do we leverage investment projects. And in particular, this question is important when we try to understand the impact that that these investment projects have on the rest of the economy or society. So governments often are very fond of introducing or launching or inaugurating investment projects. In particular infrastructure projects, because that's a very visible way of transformation. But what needs to to come with that is also the creation of better and more close connectivity and creation of linkages with the local and national economy. So this is also an area where the way how we attract investments and the way how we think about diversity plays a greater role. When it comes to attracting investments, we also think about also making use of existing investments. So this is very much the focus that, that we had on the Albanian Investment Corporation as the capacity or capability in the hands of the government to revitalize underutilized public assets and put them to more effective and efficient use. Right? So this is also a story of investments. How do we create more investments there? But also it's a story of capacity building. Also, when we think about adopting reforms in the electricity sector or creating more investment projects and infrastructure, these are all also stories not only of investments, but also of capacity buildings because in order to take stock of what is happening in a particular sector say for instance electricity in order to identify what kind of reforms are needed you need to have capacities in place so you need to have capacities in place in order to identify constraints but also you have to have capacities in place to adapt reforms and also more importantly implement them which is the Achilles field. Right? So implementation is often also in literature overlooked but more often than not it's one problem that makes it or breaks a particular reform. And at the end of the day, we need to have a solid macroeconomic basis which will enable a country to secure financing for growth reforms and also provide that stability which is needed for growth to, to happen, right? So just as a reminder, it is very hard for a country to grow if it doesn't have a stable macroeconomic situation. And so as we see, all these sectors are connected with one another. One common denominator is this idea of capacities that you need to have. And by capacities, we also mean institutions. And that is why we stress the importance of building capacities as a way to bring about greater diversity and higher complexity in the economy. And so when we think about each one of these elements, as I mentioned earlier, we, we think of them as part of a whole, and also they emphasize again, the need to think holistically about the growth also think about implications, right? So how growth in one sector either demands action in other sectors or lead to change in other sectors, right? So this holistic thinking about development or growth in more particular ways is of extreme importance. Great.
1: Thank you so much. We're hopefully almost out of this pandemic, but we're living in a different time now, right? Where the problems are a little more complicated, where everything that you just described is still really important, but there are other unexpected challenges that have been brought on by this pandemic. And also, as we've discussed, you know, Albania has prior to this pandemic had to deal with unexpected challenges in the form of earthquakes that happened in late 2019. And so, you know, obviously COVID has created a huge shock for the government of Albania as it has created for governments all around the world. But I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about how COVID has impacted these reforms that you have just described. And basically how has COVID changed the main priorities for the government, but also what does this experience with COVID show us about how governments with limited bandwidth, like the government of Albania, how these governments have to deal with challenges and how smart reforms can kind of help these governments better deal with challenges like COVID and the earthquakes.
0: It's an excellent question, and it's a question that brings together a lot of the elements or the ideas that we talked earlier, right? So how do we think of COVID and its impact in particular in emerging economies, but also in states and more particularly in a state with a more narrow bandwidth to adopt and implement reforms? So this is a very interesting case because COVID showed or demonstrated the importance of building capacities, And that is important not only for dealing with the the regular type of reforms or the challenges that, that the country has on a daily basis, but more importantly, to dealing with the systemic and emergencies like the COVID one. So in the case of Albania, there were two emergencies that in a way defined the actions that the government took for about, I would say, a year and a half, right? So one was a devastating earthquake of November 2019, which impacted greatly one of the cities in Albania, which was where the part of the economic heartland of Albania is. So that is Duras. And the second one, which was COVID, which hit Albania about four months later, right, in March of 2020. And what we saw, not only with respect to COVID but also, with respect to the earthquake, a natural catastrophe of that magnitude was able or sufficient on its own to shift or derail government's plans. And so with accumulated effect of having also COVID impact, Albania, then we saw that how government's priorities shifted altogether in order to, to deal with these two emergencies. Now that is not unusual, that's what happens, and especially with COVID, that's what we saw happening in the rest of the world, right? So all the talk about the growth reforms that were very much in vogue or on the radar pre-COVID had to be moved aside in order to deal with the COVID emergency. But in the case of Albania, the COVID also exposed the fragility of the state and in particular of its resources and bandwidth. And so that also called the need to strengthen or to build capacities that will have to respond, unfortunately, to the both challenges, right? So one is to the regular growth challenges, but also in cases like the ones that we have now with COVID, also to emergencies. But what we first saw is definitely the shifting of priorities away from kind of the regular worries about how do we deal or how do we accelerate growth to the ones which had more vital impact on the society. But the story of the need to build capacities is a story that I think underlies the evolution of, of events from late 2019 and throughout 2020.
1: Great, Armal, thank you very much for that, because I think that it's common for us as a growth lab to kind of share the work that we do through things like the policy papers that we publish, the growth diagnostic reports, the economic complexity reports that we publish. But I think that, you know, this conversation with you, Armal, and I hope for our listeners, has shown that working in policy and what the growth lab kind of does more generally is way more broad than just trying to come up with these analyses. And as you said, Ermal, you know, this Smart growth reforms are really necessary for ensuring that change takes place, and they're especially necessary for governments with limited bandwidth who have to face emergencies and it was really helpful, I hope, for our listeners and for me to talk about sort of what this means in the context of Albania specifically. And as always, it's been such a pleasure to use Albania as a case study for understanding broader things, but also it's always been a pleasure to kind of delve more deeply into Albania specifically, to understand how policy analysis has to be tied with government action and has to be tied with capacity building and flexibility and reform. So thank you all for listening. If you want to learn more about the Growth Lab's latest research and events, please visit growthlab.cid.harvard.edu.